In the collect of today's Mass for the 19th Sunday after Pentecost, we pray, Almighty and merciful God, in thy goodness keep us, we beseech thee, from all things hurtful, that we, being ready both in body and soul, may accomplish those things which belong to thy service. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I'm not much of a math person myself, but have you ever noticed that the good God so often seems to love to teach us by numbers, math? We think of God counting up all of our sins and, and miserly collecting them so that he can hold them over us in this life and in the next, that he gets some sort, of, some sort of pleasure out of counting up our sins and our faults. Well, we know that's not true. What is true is that although he does know the number of our sins, at the first sign of our repentance and our confession, a good confession in that great sacrament, it seems he no longer is the mathematician. He forgets all of his math because he, is, he forgets all of our sins. He is not one to hold a grudge. Once he forgives, he forgives and forgets. But when it comes to mercy or forgiveness, God does count. He is quite the mathematician. He counts, you know, to prove how he watches over us all the time. He says that he numbers the hairs of our head, and he knows also that two sparrows are worth one farthing. And even if one of them falls to the ground, the Father will know it. And concerning forgiveness, when Peter asks his math problem, how many times shall I forgive? Our Lord answers, he's in the more advanced math class, you might say. He says, I say to you, Peter, you shall not forgive seven times, but rather you shall forgive 70 times seven times, as often as you are offended. He counts a cup of cold water given in his name. And when it comes to purgatory, which is a place where God's justice must be satisfied, our souls must be washed clean before they enter heaven, notice that there is no time. It is not in the place of time. And so he cannot measure the second or the minutes. But when it comes to the merciful indulgences that release souls from purgatory, he again reverts to counting by days, a 300 days indulgence, for example. He likes to teach us by numbers. Why, even when he revealed the Antichrist, that there would be one, he would not give us his name. He gave us the numbers that symbolized him. He is quite the mathematician. No, we Catholics, we're not, we do not believe in numerology, a sort of superstitious practice of 
interpreting numbers and what and what not. But it is true that throughout sacred scripture and the lives of the saints, God uses numbers repeatedly to teach a lesson. Today, 40 is our number. It rained 40 days and 40 nights in Noah's days, and when it finally stopped and the waters began to recede, it wasn't until 40 days later that Noah opened the window on the ark to see how things were faring. Both Isaac and Esau married at the age of 40. Moses stayed for 40 days and 40 nights on Mount Sinai with no food, no drink, and he received the commandments of God. The messengers of Moses explored the land of Canaan in 40 days, while Israel, condemned to wander in the desert, they wandered for 40 years. In the Mosaic Law, the number of stripes that you could give to a criminal was limited to 40, no more. The prophet Elias, it took him 40 days to cross the desert to go up to Mount Horeb where God awaited him. And the prophet Jonas told the city of Nineveh that they must repent or else their city would be destroyed in 40 days. Our Lord was presented in the temple 40 days after his birth, and Christ began his public ministry only after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights. The ascension of our Lord was 40 days after the resurrection, and tradition tells us that Christ lay in the tomb for 40 hours after his death. We know that 40 years after the crucifixion came the destruction of Jerusalem. And in the lives of the saints, there are the 40, 40 martyrs of Sebast. You know, when they were all these soldiers out on the frozen pond, and they had to stand there until they froze to death or give up the faith. When one of them apostatized, God would not take the 39, he was waiting for the 40th. And the guard, one of the guards of these men, he looked up and saw an angel descending from heaven with a crown, and that was enough for him. He ran out onto the ice, declared himself a Christian, and the total sum of 40 martyrs went to heaven that day. In each of these, there is a common denominator, as they say in math class. It was 40 days of preparation before something big was to occur, or some great change was to be made. And really, when you think of it, that is the purpose of the 40 days fast in Lent. It is, you see the great event of Easter coming, and it's meant to produce a big change in your soul. It crossed my mind, I don't know if it really means anything, but that 2020, the year, 20 and 20 equal 40. 
and it was the beginning of so many changes in our lives. It was surely a period of much penance and of much loss. Certainly there were many changes in our culture. But in 2020, did you take the time to reevaluate the meaning, the purpose of your life? Did it make you come to the realization that this life is by no means perfect and that there is much reason to suffer? And did it cause you to look forward to heaven just a little bit more? Wars, rumors of wars, are on our minds these days and continued changes in society. But the Catholic, who has a deep faith, can look at all of these things and still not lose his courage. His faith lifts him up. His hope strengthens him. And his love for God helps him to bear all with patience. Because in all these things, he sees the mercy of God. But we come to one last 40. It's coming up in a week. 40 hours, the devotion. Some history on that. Back in the 1500s, I think it was 1527 to be exact, the Holy Roman Emperor Charles V, he intended to use military action to make Pope Clement VII come to his terms. And the Emperor ordered his troops, do not go into Rome and do any harm. That was his order. But there was a bit of a mutiny, a rather large one actually. Thousands of his troops stormed the city of Rome and uh, occupied the city. And when they had done that, they started to, to loot and slay and hold citizens for ransom. And once the Swiss guard were annihilated, then Pope Clement was forced to take refuge in Castel Sant'Angelo, where he remained for a while until his ransom was paid. Only in the next year, 1528, when a plague occurred and another army came to rescue Rome, were the pillagers forced out of Rome. At that time, when all that had taken place, Rome's population had plummeted from 55,000 to 10,000 due to war and famine, plague, and those who fled the city. But it was during that time, a time of great fear and catastrophe, that the 40 hours devotion appeared in the city of Milan. Rather than turning to the world to find some sort of distraction from all of the all of the difficulties of their life, it forced them to turn to God in prayer before the Blessed Sacrament, and it brought about a good end for them. Elsewhere in Messina, the year was 1552, that city was besieged by the Turks. And what did the Jesuits do? Flee? No. They were great priests. They organized the 40 hours devotion to obtain the liberation of that city. And good results 
came about. And lastly, in 1575, St. Charles Borromeo, he was deploring the lukewarm state of the Catholics at that time who, who used Septuagesimatide, which is generally a time for preparing for Lent. They used it to go to the carnival, and they spent those days in sin. So he organized the 40 hours to be done to get the people away from the carnivals, to pray more earnestly in reparation. So you see, the 40 hours devotion was used in times when there was much suffering and when the mercy of God was needed. Now, every sermon has a point. What's the point of this one? Our Lord teaches us by means of numbers. Frequently he does that. But this sermon, what can you take away from it today? Well, 40 is a time of penance. It is a time of prayer. It is a time of prayer before something big happens. 40 hours is just that. It is a time of mercy and of grace, a time of prayer. And the result, if you take it seriously, is this, that a big change will take place not only in your own soul, but also in the world. The world needs your prayers. So as they said in today's Holy Gospel, the marriage feast has been prepared. There were some who neglected, and the king was not happy. But then he called more in, and they came. Which will you be? So here's the practical part of the sermon, the one thing to take away. Rather than sort of thinking about coming or wondering if you might have time to come to 40 hours, today, commit to it. Resolve that you will be here and set up a time of day when you do, in fact, come. The more time you spend thinking about whether or not you'll do it means in the end you won't come. That's how human nature is. If you commit to it today, you will be here, and you will gain many graces for yourself, your loved ones, and for all the world. And God knows we all need his mercy. May God bless you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.